At one time or another, we've all been misfits or outsiders. It's interesting how we recognize it's great to be different, and yet we yearn to fit in with others. You've heard the saying, be yourself, everyone else is already taken. In this conversation, Sandy and I will share times that we haven't fit in and discuss the benefits of being a misfit. I hope you enjoy. And if you do, please share and like our podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi, Sandy. How are you today? Amy, good morning. I am great. Glad to be back. We're both a little refreshed from some time away. So always good to catch up. It is. We've both done a little traveling, which has been nice. You did like an upper Northwest, right? Yep. Even though I did, you were in Vegas, correct? Yeah. We did, uh, we went all the way across Nevada, but uh, Reno East basically, uh-huh. and then went all the way across Utah on our way home. Our last day was a 13 hour drive day. So, oh, wow! and I did none of the driving. I'm the side <laughs> pilot. He'd prefer to drive. I think he wanted to get home sooner than, um, than my foot and the pedal allowed. <laughs> So then he thinks it's such a good idea, but then he's like, and this is my husband Garrett, of course, but then he's like, well, you know what? I think I'll just keep on driving. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, that's good. All right. So today we're going to talk about misfits, a close group of friends. I am probably a misfit from what everybody else is, mm-hmm. but um, there's this other quote that says, be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter. And those who matter don't mind. And that's what I feel like with this group of friends is they don't, they don't mind. They're good. You know, that I, I variation brings the spice for life too. You know, what is a misfit, you know, back to, because what the way you describe that you're fitting in as yourself. So, but you're not fitting in as the same as everyone else. Right. So good question. What is a misfit? Oh, I have the definition right here. I was like, I looked that up. I hope I have it. (laughs) Um, So uh, what I have, and what was very interesting to me on this is, here's what the definition is. A person whose behavior or attitude sets them apart from others in an uncomfortably conspicuous way. So uncomfortable is a key word there. Right, and conspicuous. I thought that too. And here's one of the things that caught my attention is the similar words. Most of them are negative connotation, which I was surprised about. So wackadoodle was one of the words I know. Wackadoo, kook, screwball, bad boy, freak, weirdo, oddball, outsider, deviant. Those are all similar words. Now, there were a few that were positive, at least I think so. Eccentric, maverick, individualist, exception, outlier. So those I thought were kind of more positive in connotation, but there's a lot of negativity around misfits. And do you think as you were reading those off, one thing that I thought about is how, I'm just going to use the misfit portrays themselves? Are they very happy in their own skin and say, you know, take it or leave it? Or are they uncomfortable in their own skin? Because 
back to those, there were kind of two different sides of the con connotation, the really negative and the really positive. And I would say a lot of that is how the person projects themselves and how satisfied they are in their own, in their own way, in their own shoes. Right. They're uncomfortable right, right, right. with themselves. Because I know a lot of misfits that are like, you know what, this is it. And, and uh, you find them very interesting and back to the maverick. And I mean, let's be real, Elon Musk. Great yeah. example. He right. is way out there, but then what do people say? He's brilliant. He is, you know, he he's ahead of his time. But if Elon Musk was uh, very uh, easily intimidated, very uh, nervous, obviously not comfortable in his own shoes, what would we call him? We'd say, oh, he's really, uh, what were some of the words? Maybe I don't, yeah. positivity, I'm thinking of the bad words. A wackadoodle. A wackadoodle. <laughs> yeah. Which and some people ball. will say, yeah. but then he will even, you know, basically counter that with, I don't care what you think. Right. And, and let's do it anyway. Let's go for it. There are some characteristics of misfits. They tend to be more sensitive and creative. They're passionate about things. Their friends also tend to mute misfits because not like, and until they can accept that they were never meant to fit in with the general public and that their anomalies are perfectly okay, they tend to battle with self image, which so, I thought that was interesting. So you brought up your example with your girlfriends. I, this is why I love these conversations for anyone listening. Amy and I have changed the format purely from, we basically do a cold opening like Saturday night live, where we are, we are not discussing the topic. And so different things come up and it's a lot more, um, improv. How about that? Totally. And yes. It makes for a good conversation. But one thing I hadn't thought of when you talked about your friends is being a stepmom in a school setting or that group setting. So I raised my kids just like you, Amy. They went to St. Wenceslas. Yeah. I had the, the private school, grade school, K through eight, went on to high school. But I tell you, it was mainly the grade school that's resonating in this example. And I was totally not the misfit. I was the opposite of the misfit. I was, you know, trustee of the church, doing what I wanted. I completely fit in and never felt like a misfit in that situation. The question, and we can table this, but the question I would have for you is, do you, how does that affect that sense of community when you're the misfit? Because we all want a sense of community and belonging because I had a hard time with that. But then your comment on being able to watch from the outside uh, and being able to find people like you, I'm still friends with one or two people that were also on the outside because I could see that they weren't, they, we, we were the same, right? For different reasons, they weren't the stepmom, but they just didn't fit in with that crowd. And I was able to see things with a fresher set of eyes because I was the outsider and not in the thick of the circle. And so, so that's super interesting that you connected with other misfits. I connected with other misfits, but my common comment during that time was I felt like I was lacking a sense of community that I had at St. Wenceslas, and I longed for that. 
did I long for a sense of community or did I, did I long to fit in better and be a little bit more of the central non-misfit? I don't know. I, I thought I, I thought I lost out on a sense of community and I never had that. I think maybe I had a smaller sense of community. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes we put value into fitting in and being accepted and being a leader, because when you fit in and you're accepted, it's easier to become a leader in a, in a community. And when you are a bit of a misfit to become a leader, you have, to, there's more hurdles to get through. Um, and you have to put a lot more effort towards it. So um, there's some comfort to fitting in. Right. So if there's all these benefits to being a misfit because you don't change to fit in, I'm like, there's this article and I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Um, you don't change to fit in. You're more likely to achieve true potential because you're more self-aware and less influenced by others. And let me know, raise your hand if you disagree with one of these. Okay. Cause I want to I want to circle back with you on these. You're more likely to have high levels of self-confidence. You're less likely to be a people pleaser. You're not afraid of rejection or negative attention to achieve your goals. I would say that's probably Elon Musk right there. <laughs> like he's not afraid of any negative attention. Um, and you're more likely to be successful. So those are benefits of being a misfit. Now, I want to switch the conversation to our children because when I read this parenting misfits or perceived yeah. misfits or pushing them to be more like a misfit, there's so many angles or trying to push our kids to fit in, you know, so many of us are parenting with the goal of making sure our kids fit in, even though we know there's benefits to this misfit. What do you think? I totally agree. I use the example of, you know, we've got these, I'm going to just use boys because I have boys and yeah. obviously Trevor's your last to go. Um, they graduate from college. They're boys. I'm sorry. They mature typically less slower than girls <laughs> and they're 18 years old and they have to make a decision on the rest of their lives. And most of us, and I hear this all the time. We were just with parents that, you know, real smarty kids and blah, blah, blah. And it was five years and a master's degree in accounting. And he isn't quite sure he likes it. And we all say, oh my gosh, we put so much on these kids to make a decision, but we're all way, it's way too hard for us to push them to take a year off or to think about it or do something more laid back because I always called it the path of least resistance is just, let's just send them off to college. And, you know, if we lose a year or two, so be it, but then we can be the same as everybody else, but it's hard to be courageous to tell them they're not going to be like everyone because what 95, hundred percent of the kids go off to college. The question that they get asked, because my son ended up going to community college first, first year, and he's actually doing his, he's working, doing his gap years, and he's having the time of his life until he knows where he wants to spend that time. And he loves being the misfit. I think the person who had the hard time was me in the aspect of just being what everybody else was doing. Because what I always heard was, when, even when I said he was going to community college, oh, so he can go on to university, to a college? 
you know, the, the assumption is everybody goes to community college so they can go to college. No, you know, you go to com you can go to community college to get a trade or an associate in something else. It doesn't have to be a stepping stone for him. What was really difficult is his entire senior year, the question he was asked by everybody in school, parents, kids were, where are you going to college? What fraternity are you going to be in? And for him not to be able to answer those questions directly like everyone else was, he was a misfit on repeat, 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 repeat. And he just had to get the heck out of town. When he got, when he got out of town and people stopped answer, asking the questions, I think both of us were like, hallelujah. But how crazy is that, Amy, that working so hard to act like you're not a misfit to make other people happy, and then you just go and do it and say, okay, this is great. Now I don't have to be questioned anymore. Right. It's pretty insane now that I say it out loud and talk about I it. <laughs> and I think that, and that translates really well to what he went through that transition from you know, what are you doing? Because you're making a big decision, but it also is in the smaller day-to-day -day activities of our kids when they're really young. Like if they, you know, first, second grade, if they're a bit of an outlier or misfit, then, and we're trying to normalize them because we want them to fit in. Um, I remember having a conversation, one of my kids, she's um, at the very beginning, super young. She never was interested in playing with other people. Like if they invited her, she would go and she'd say yes, but she would never invite anybody over. She didn't need somebody there to entertain her. She was just very independent. And I remember uh, having a conversation <laughs> with one of my neighbors because her daughter came over and said, you know, can she play? Asked if she could play. And and my daughter was like, no, I don't want to right now. <laughs> and so, and I'm like, okay, what kind of four-year-old says, nope, I don't want to play right now. And so the little girl went across the street and told her mom and her mom called me and she's like, is everything okay? And I remember I had to explain, I'm like, no, everything's fine. She's she just, she's very independent and she just doesn't want to play right now. She'll probably want to play another time, but it was like a, a, a little bit of a explanation and not making her play. Like that was hard for me to say, you know, Cameron, you should really play with this girl. You know, you just go play and not push her to do something that she really didn't want to do. That was very hard as a mother. How courageous of her to, to be very, to be very happy in her own skin and be able to say that. Cause that's the other part as parents, right. it's easy to, for us to push them and for them to feel that pressure and not have that independence to speak their own mind or, or, or be comfortable being the misfit and the outlier. Right. Right. And you know what, I'm just going to give her full credit. Cause she's been like that her whole life. She even is right now. There was one something that I read and it was like, they tend to just go their own path. And like, and she, she has like, all of my kids have done something similar to that, but she specifically has, um, she dresses different than everyone else. She colors her hair. She like, mm -hmm. she just doesn't care, you know, <laughs> what other people think. And I'm like, how brave is that? 
to, uh, and I'm just going to say, we have a conservative family, uh, you know, extended family, and she comes to family vacations and hangs out with everybody and she still is herself. So I love it because that's hard to do. It's hard for us to do as adults. (laughs) It's even more difficult parenting. And I got to say what helped me is once Grant, and he had a great high school experience, you know, so again, but he was 100% from his freshman year in high school, trying to be the person who fit in with the most amiable crowd, you know, that crowd of kids that grew up together, went to grade school together. And I think he needed that after the divorce. I think that's what he thought he wanted because everything had been shaken up. And so the high school gave him a fresh start. But then he found when he wanted to do something different or he didn't know what he wanted, that that wasn't the right answer because everybody else could answer A, B, C, and D, just like, oh, next year, you're going to be a senior. Oh, when does football start? You know, all those questions. And to see him over the course of the last, I guess it'd be three years now. Yeah. Over the course of the last three years, become his own sweet, happy misfit. And he has found his, he has found his misfit friends and they're all very comfortable in their own skin and they're very chill. They're very kind and they're very happy, you know, is the thing I tell you, but he had to, I think, get out of Dodge to have the courage to be comfortable doing the things that made him happy. So kudos to the kids. Now here's something that's kudos to the kids. I love that. Here's something that's really, we can learn from our kids too. A lot of times Garrett and I'll have the conversation, well, what's he going to do? You know, talking about one of the kids or has he made, he, you know, he's got to get this figured out and I'll remind Garrett, you know, we're in our mid fifties and we don't have it figured out yet. So right. back to being part of, part of misfits, I keep thinking is the word judgy, judging. Yes. Because a lot of it is judging what somebody else should do. So I read a book that has absolutely nothing to do with misfits, but I think the comment here, it's a James Baldwin book. He wrote a lot about racism. Very, very good author. But the book was really about racism back. He he wrote it, I think, in the early 80s or some of it in the 70s. It was published in 1984. But of the book, There was a quote, I'm looking at my review, that's what I pulled up, because there's a quote that stuck with me, and what he said was, the American ideal is that we are all as alike as possible, and I thought, oh my gosh, that is so true, and it's such a core issue, so Mm -hmm. he was speaking more on racism, color of skin, and he was also talking about religion, religious belief, but don't we have this innate, whether it's just American or human, we want so much for everyone to be alike, or we think perfection is being alike and not in being different. Right. Like there's this prescribed perfection and everybody needs to, that's like the goal is to get to that, that block, that square fit in that square. Everybody should be there. And it kind of reminds me of our conversation of the life script model too, which is more about how you live your life, not who you are as a person. But one of our, over our 13 hour ride, Garrett and I, well, it was total 40 hours on the road, but we were talking about how, why is it so easy for us to go on road trips like that and just be, you know, time can pass like nothing. We don't get sick of each other, how we enjoy life. And one thing we talked about was how for both of us, 
and again, part of the underlying theme of this, this season is change. We weren't looking for change. We were really good at not being the misfits. And then change happened to us in a way that was just, you know, unbelievable. And then we had to deal with things of being on the outside, like, oh, should she have communion because she hasn't had an annulment and all these things that I was so not used to being questioned on anything and not getting invited to things because I wasn't married anymore. You're the single person. But our life today never, ever would have happened if we weren't misfits and we're stronger people because we actually had to learn because that change happened. We weren't expecting it. We weren't looking to be misfits. We didn't use the word misfit in this conversation, but we, we, we were outsiders. We were, and we had each other and we got through it together and found our own way because everything we do is not the same. We're not two people that do, we enjoy common experiences, but I think we bring out the best in each other by being open-minded to whatever we feel is our sweet spot individually, which is a lot of times being a misfit. People still can't figure out what the heck I do. I, <laughs> I love it. Because I'm a misfit, you know, when it comes to, cause I, I uh, yeah, they don't. And I've, I've also learned, you don't kind of like Grant having to tell people what he was going to do. We're not obliged to tell everybody what makes us a misfit or explain ourselves. That's probably the one thing I have the hardest time with, Amy. I don't owe that to everybody. No, gosh, you don't. And what's interesting to me, like you didn't choose to be a misfit. You became a misfit because of life circumstances. And it's not like you put a stake in the ground and said, all right, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to be a little bit different here. It's like, it's things just kind of things happened that made you an outlier from what your community, what you thought you were, what you, how you defined yourself. I'm going to say how you defined yourself, I think is a lot to say about you and the strength of you as a person and your internal confidence to be authentic to yourself. And to come out of that on this other side of, it's okay to be a misfit. I'm good. I don't have to like fit into the mold of everybody that's around me. I can do things different. And I want to take a lesson from Cameron on this one is I don't have to explain myself all the time. Funny thing back to kids, parenting kids, you know, my kids have all kinds of things going on. I always go by when people ask how they're doing, I'm like, they're really happy. They're, they're, they, they got more feet going forward than backwards. They're all in a good place, but I don't say what exactly they're doing or what. And, and quite frankly, most people don't really care what right. I found. They don't. And I tend to say too much. And I, a couple of times now, either going back, I just thought I'm just not, it's not that I wasn't not going to share, but I'm like, unless people ask, I'm not going to bring it up. I found people didn't ask that much other than how are the kids in general? So how much am I offering information to try to fit in or justify, right? Justify. It isn't even required. And so it was just so interesting to me that if I don't bring it up, it doesn't come up. Right. I think justify is a really good word because even, you know, I always felt like I had to justify Cameron, like explain, you know, this is just how the way she is, you know, and, and sometimes we feel like we have to justify ourselves when we're 
a little bit of the outsider or the misfit. And sometimes it feels like we're being a little bit defensive when we try to justify. I'm thinking of a, a situation where I ran into a mom and I honestly, out of the loop, I had no idea. The, the, the child wasn't in college anymore, was doing something different, but I was so confused because I just said, how is Johnny? And she was going on and on and on being defensive about, well, gosh, we, you know, we've been so disappointed he's going to do this. He's going to try that. And I was so confused. I thought, wow, I didn't mean to put her in it to a defensive stance. I just, she could have said, yeah. you know, Johnny's he's figuring it out. He's do you know, wh whatever. But she went through this whole defensiveness that I almost, I felt terrible for bringing it up, but I'm thinking, I guess things aren't going. I, it was a very confusing conversation that she was in a state of defensiveness. She didn't need to, but back to that thinking you have to explain and try to make your kid fit in. She was trying to make her kid, she was trying to explain why her child wasn't doing everything that I didn't know all the other kids were doing. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> I mean, we've That's all done it. So I ran into a mom this Saturday night at a gathering and it's someone I hadn't seen for a few years and her son was in, uh, in Cameron's class actually. So he is like a couple of years out of high school. Okay. And I remember when, um, he, when they graduated high school, he was not going off to college. He was, you know, thinking it through, trying to figure out what he wanted to do. And I remember her standing up for him and just being very, um, very positive about him, you know, deciding not to go to college and looking at military or looking at, you know, trying to figure out what he wanted to do. So here we are going through all the graduation parties and I kept seeing her and she kept telling people and she was very positive about it. And I saw her. So this Saturday night, I saw her, I asked how he was doing and she said, you know, he's become an electrician and he's like, he's working full time and he's like on the path to, um, being, I don't know the certification, the journeyman or whatever it is. I nice. can't remember, but he's self-sufficient. He's happy. He's working. And he didn't fit into the, the mold of the school and all of his friends. Like he didn't do exactly what they were doing, but she was so supportive from the very beginning. And I was so impressed by that. So I, I just was like, I but I think it's a hard thing to support our kids when they step outside the box and they don't fit into the norm. We do tend to be a little defensive and try to justify it. And, um, and sometimes our values defined by them. I think that's a challenge. It's always a challenge. And then, you know, the, the shoulda, woulda, coulda, I got a text from a friend and she talked about, gosh, I, you know, if I would have done this differently, maybe my daughter would have done better in a smaller town, a, a smaller school. And, you know, I kick myself and say, oh gosh, did they live in a bubble? You know, I should have been at a, a more diverse school where they saw more, you know, using the term misfits and people that were happy being different because they, they went to schools where people tend to be very much alike you know, back to what do we look for? We look to be alike. Wow. We did really good at alike in grade school and high school, you know, <laughs> we had this alike thing down pat. 
Yeah, we did. I know. I know. That's funny. We always have that conversation. <laughs> My sister actually came to visit us um, many years ago and we were out at a pool and my kids were out of town with my husband. And so it was just the two of us sitting at the pool. And she looked at me, she's from the East coast. She's like, Amy, everybody looks exactly the same here. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. And that was kind of my first awakening of, oh my gosh, I, I, I live in a, an area that everybody looks and sounds the same. And um, so anyway, but it's good to be a little different. I love it. I'm embracing my misfittedness and I, even my, my, my friends and my relationships, it's making me appreciate them more. And I would tell you, I'm going to learn. I'm going to take the Cameron approach. She's going to be my of less is more. And I don't have to defend myself or my kids for being different. I love that. I'm going to tell Cameron she's inspired us. Inspired us. She ended up being the focal point rather than here's what we're doing for our kids. It's here's what our you know kids have done for us. And Grant's inspired yeah. me by doing his own thing. I love that. Good for Grant. You know, good for all of the kids. Good for anybody, even the adults, us who step outside the box and try something different. Mm -hmm. I think it's all good. Okay. Challenge this week. I think you need to identify that misfit in your life. Identify that misfit and find the pros to that relationship. Right. I love that challenge and celebrate. What can you celebrate about that misfit? Maybe even if, you know, take it a step further, you've identified it, you see the positives in it. And if it's somebody who's struggling with being a misfit, possibly reach out to them and affirm them in some way and say, I see you and you're being celebrated. I almost feel like I need to call Cameron and say, I see you. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I want to be more like you. And you know, one final comment I'll make is how often do you hear people say, Oh, so-and-so fill in the blank that misfit. That's because they had, oh, mom had cancer. Um, they had this bad thing that happened in their lives. Their parents weren't there for them. And we talk about it like it's a negative. And back to change, it's really bringing out their, it isn't that something bad happened because of that. Sometimes their own authenticity comes out because they were given that opportunity. Right. That is very well said. So to that note, I am linking a TED talk into our show notes nice. also, okay. and it's called the Misfits Manifesto. Hmm. And she, it's a Lydia Yak, Yaknovich, and she uh, wrote a book, but it's a quick 12 minute TED talk that talks a little bit about the, her history and bringing out her authentic self and um, her journey. So love anyway, it. Really love good. it. Okay. Until next time, Amy, I love it. I'm going to embrace my misfit and uh, celebrate the misfits in my life. I'm on it. Yes, me too. Thanks, All right. Amy. Until next week. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. -bye. Bye.